Okay, so why did I pick Jesper Bratt over Nico Heischer and also Yegor Sharangovich and maybe a few others as to why I believe he'll have a breakout year? And also, you've heard of the TV show Three's Company, but what about three more burning questions for New Jersey Devils? I'm just going based off of what I did a couple days ago because I did the Subway $5 footlog. So I just figured, well, let's keep it going. I know it's a stretch. Don't judge me. A lot to talk about in today's episode, guys. Buckle up. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Taki, play-by-play announcer, and also Devils runner for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. So my apologies for not posting an episode the last couple days. That's why I'm giving you guys a special episode this Sunday morning. We're going to be getting back into the full swing of things in about a week or two, and the season is just right around the corner. And obviously, uh, it's going to be somewhat of an improvement for the New Jersey Devils. So a couple episodes ago... I read an article courtesy of one of my colleagues, Christy Flannery, of the Hockey Writers. She's appeared on the show before. She's a friend of the show. And basically, I looked at one of her articles, and she asked five burning questions that the New Jersey Devils had going into this season. And I gave you guys my two-cent opinion. So I read the questions that Christy uh, thought up. And instead of reading her answers, I gave my answers. And I thought that was so much fun to do. And I found another article that was similar to hers on allaboutthejersey.com. So I'm going to look at their questions and I'm going to give you guys my honest opinion. Now, before we do that, uh, in the previous episode, I talked about which player I anticipated to have a breakout year for New Jersey Devils, and I picked Jesper Brad. Now, here's the thing. I know Jesper Brad basically had a career year last year, so I guess technically that was his breakout year. But uh, the, the reason I chose Jesper Brad, and I don't think I touched on it in the previous episode, is just because I – so I'm going to go into more detail if I didn't do so – I feel as though Jesper Bratt, he, he's only scratched the surface. He can do so much better. I feel as though he can. Not to say that he did bad last year, but I just feel as though like there, there's just a lot of more untapped potential that Jesper Bratt has. And I think a lot of New Jersey Devils fans, I think a lot of casual hockey fans don't even realize it yet. Now, someone uh, was you know passionate in the last uh, video and basically said, why didn't I pick Nico Heischer? Did Nico Heischer die or something like that? And to answer your question, here's why I did not pick Nico Heischer is because Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes are the bar for the New Jersey Devils. What what I mean by that is like I want Jesper Bratt to get on their level. Now, that is a little bit of a hot take considering the fact that Jesper Bratt was able to lead our team in assists and points last year. And he was tied with Jack Hughes for most goals on the team. But we already know that Jack Hughes is our franchise piece. And Jack Hughes was on pace to get like 90 or so points had he not uh, gotten hurt. So he missed a good chunk of the season because he got hurt towards the end of it. And he also got hurt in the second game of the year. So what could have happened had Jack Hughes played in about 70 or so games, you know, we're just gonna have to wait and see and hopefully he could stay healthy this year. And that's one of the questions that all about the jersey.com brought up, but digressing a little bit, I feel as though Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer because Nico Heischer is, is our captain he was a all-star a couple years ago, and I feel as though Nico Heischer can definitely win a Selkie Award or at least put his name into the running because I feel as though he's one of our 
better two-way uh, forward. So my thing is, like, I just want Jesper Bratt to one day reach all-star level. And I feel as though once he does that, that's going to be his breakout year because we, we know how special Jesper Bratt is, but a lot of casual hockey fans don't know Jesper Bratt. That's a thing. So when, when I think of a breakout year, I want the entire NHL to be talking about it. So that's one of the reasons why I didn't really talk about Sharon Govich. That's one of the reasons why I didn't really talk about Nico Heischer. It's just because I, I think the NHL is aware of what Nico Heischer can do because obviously he's one of our captains. So all eyes are always going to be on Nico Heischer, whether he wants to or not. And for Sharon Govich, I don't want to put too much pressure on him because I just need him to be productive from start to finish. That's what I want from Yegor Sharon Govich. I don't care if he you know, reaches national news or whatever the case might be. I just want consistency from Yegor Sharon Govich and a few other scores. So like someone like Andre Palat, I just want consistency from him. I think we're going to get that because he is a grizzled veteran in this league. And there, there's a few other players that come to mind as well. So Miles Wood, I want him to just uh, come back from his injury-plagued year last year in which he got hurt during preseason. And he suited up in all but like three or four games. And uh, Andreas Johnson, uh, Tomas Tatar, I want them to also rebound as well. But the main thing outside of our baby big three is just consistent scoring. That's just what I want. So I don't want to just say like Yegor Sharangovich can score like uh, 50 or 60 or or 70 points, whatever the case might be. It's just because I just don't want to put that kind of pressure on him. I just want consistency and I just want solid production from him. But for Jesper Brett, yes, he had a good year last year. Yes, he led our team in assists. Yes, he led our team in points. And yes, he was a fringe all-star. But I feel as though once he's actually named an all-star, that's going to be his breakout year because that's going to open the door for so many opportunities for him. But albeit the New Jersey Devils, we do need to still sign him to a long-term deal. We were able to uh, avoid the arbitration hearing, but the job's not finished. We got him back for one more year. We cannot make Jesper Bratt a rental for this year and then he go off somewhere else. That cannot happen. So that's my overall thing for Jesper Bratt. And remember, he has a chip on his shoulder because I think the New Jersey Devils, they were just basically like, look, you got to go out there and prove that you're worthy of a long-term deal. And I talked about it going into the offseason. I said, if I was the GM, if I was Tom Fitzgerald, I'm signing Jesper Bratt to a two- or three-year extension because I don't want to sign him to the same length as Dougie Hamilton, Jack Hughes, or Nico Heischer quite yet just because I feel as though, uh, yeah, he had one good year, but can he do it year in and year out? So that's my overall thing for Jesper Bratt, and that's why I picked him to have the breakout year because you have the contract chip on, it, on his shoulder and in his mind as well. You have the fact that he is not an all-star and his two other baby big three members, Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes, have already been named all-stars. They already get a lot of attention, but no one really talks about Jesper Bratt. He's the ugly duckling between the three. And if there was ever a trade discussion, like let's rewind the clocks a little bit. Let's go back over to summer when Matthew Kachuk wanted out of Calgary. Uh, who's going to be the first one to go in a hypothetical trade scenario deal? it would most likely be Jesper Bratt, just because I'm sure if uh, Tom Fitzgerald had to choose between Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, and Bratt, he's going to pick Bratt, no ands, or buts about it, and he's going to say Heischer and Hughes are off the table. So that's my overall thing. I want Jesper Bratt to take his game to a couple levels higher, and you know you can have two great seasons back-to-back. So I, I think Jesper Bratt is poised to have a great season, so great of a season this year, that we forget about what he did last year. And that's not disrespecting him in any way. That's not saying he, uh, what he did last year wasn't memorable. 
I'm just saying that he could take his game to a much higher level. So when going back to Nico Heischer and why I didn't really pick him or why I don't really talk about him is because Nico Heischer is the bar. Same with Jack Hughes. They're the bar. They're here. Jesper Brad is, I'd say, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll understand what I'm saying. He's sort of right here. So if so, once again, if Hughes and Heischer are here, here's where Jesper Bratton is. And he can just go up and he could just go a little bit higher. I get it. That's a bit of a hot take, but that's my overall thing. And I'm not saying that what Jesper Bratt did last year wasn't memorable. I'm just saying there's just so much he can do. And I think a lot of Devils fans and a lot of NHL fans, they don't realize what Jesper Bratt is capable of. And no, even though I love my buddy, the Brad Pack, I'm not going to say that Jesper Bratt is the best player in the NHL, but he can be, I, I, he could be one of them if he's named an all-star. So I think once he's named an all-star, that's when he has his breakout year, or that's when I'm going to consider his breakout year, because that's when the opportunities are going to start to open up a little bit more. And Jesper Bratt's going to be given the credit that he's, that he so deserves. Now, before we talk about these questions, I want to bring you guys the first and only live read this morning, and it comes from our friends at Built Bar. So if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, well, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new favorite flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough. Covered in chocolate? That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite flavor. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture. Real cookie dough chunks, and of course, are covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com and snag a box for you and your family. It'll be the perfect treat, and your mom won't keep them top shelf because they are healthy for you. So like all Built Bars and new cookie dough chunk puffs, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. So good. And what's great about Built is that they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You are going to love the cookie dough chunk puffs, whether you need a snack for a workout, a late night treat, something to get you through school, meeting, whatever the case might be. The offer is go to built.com, use promo code LOCKS15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. Also, check out Built on a NASCAR car. So, they are the primary sponsor for Corey LaJoy, who drives the number seven car in the NASCAR Cup Series. So, Big NASCAR fan, so I thought that was pretty interesting to share. Okay, so let's look at some of these questions, courtesy of some people I know over at allaboutthejersey.com. So the first question they ask, can the New Jersey Devils, and Jack Hughes in particular, stay healthy this season? Now, when talking about injuries, that's a pretty loaded question. It's just because... Injuries are a part of the game, whether it's hockey, whether it's uh, football, baseball, basketball. No athlete is immune to injuries. They're bound to happen to your favorite player in any league. So can the New Jersey Devils avoid it? No. I, I, I you know, But then again, no team is invincible from injuries. It, 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 that's just how sports work. So, so for Jack Hughes in particular, I think this is going to be the best opportunity for him to uh, play in the most games of his career because up to this point, the most games he's played in a season was 61, and that was during his rookie year. Then the 2021 season, he played in all 56 games. But remember, that season was shortened due to the pandemic. And then just this past year, he only appeared in 49 games, mostly due to injury. So my, my overall thing is simply this. like I, I think the injury thing is less important compared to the COVID matter because – 
if you guys recall, I think the New Jersey Devils, similar to a lot of teams around the NHL, just had the worst of luck when it came to COVID because I think at one point Jack Hughes and also uh, Jesper Bratt had to go onto COVID protocol, I think in January or something like that. So, and they were both on a hot streak and that was just poor timing uh, for the New Jersey Devils. So I think, so in terms of just like looking at the injury, um, you know, I don't really know. I don't think anyone can foresee what's going to happen because, you know, it can either be a minor injury. It could either be a major injury. We just can't predict it. And we're just going to have to, you know, just go with the flow and see what happens. But now that COVID restrictions have lightened up around the sports world, I think, uh, you know, if even if they suffer an injury or two, it's not going to be a tremendous blow for the New Jersey Devils unless, like, you know, maybe Jack Hughes um, breaks an arm or something or Jesper Bratt uh, tears his ACL while working out or Nico Heischer suffers some sort of major concussion injury. So my, my overall thing is just simply this, which is, Injuries are just part of the game. We can't really predict them. But I think the biggest factor going into this year is that the COVID restrictions have lightened up. And that could put the New Jersey Devils at a better position to win a few more games. So, uh, yeah, that's the first question. Will the personnel changes made this summer pay off? So going back to what I've been saying and preaching religiously was like, I don't blame Lindy Ruff for the poor stretch of games that the New Jersey Devils had this past year, I put more of the blame on just like who he had to roll with. And this goes back to what I was just saying moments ago, which is, you know, due to uh, the COVID restrictions, what more could Lindy Ruff have done? Like what, what could he have uh, put out there? So like a, a prime example that I use is that Carolina hurricanes game towards the end of the year when we were missing so many guys, we were missing like Jack Hughes. I think we were missing Nico Keisha. It, it's been so long guys. I forget how many players we were missing exactly. But long story short, we were missing a lot of guys and a lot of people were saying that Lindy Ruff was seeing red. He didn't know what he was doing and yada, yada, yada. I'd be seeing red too. If I had to roll with what I had, like we weren't going to beat the Carolina hurricanes. Like I, I get that they weren't playing their best guys, but their worst is still better than our best because we didn't really have much to roll with. So that's my overall thing, which is um, I, I think the personnel changes around Lindy Ruff will certainly help them. But the fact of the matter is simply this. He's going to be held to a much, much, much tighter leash. And it's just like, what, what else, um, what, what other excuses are going to be present for Lindy Ruff? So, yeah, that, that, that's where I overall stand with the personnel changes. I think they will help. I think Andrew Burnett was definitely a huge get for the New Jersey Devils. And they can sleep well at night because, hypothetically speaking, if Lindy Ruff is fired during the course of the year, I predict that Andrew Burnett will become the next head coach for the New Jersey Devils. And I don't think he's going to be an interim head coach. I think he would be the permanent replacement. And remember, Lindy Ruff's contract is up at the end of this year. So I don't think the New Jersey Devils are going to renew it. I think he might take a front office role with the Devils organization. I think Tom Fitzgerald has confirmed saying that he would hypothetically offer Lindy Ruff a, a front office role if the opportunity presents itself, maybe a scouting or uh, development coach or something along those lines could be offered to him, or maybe he can just be like a special assistant to Fitzgerald. But uh, I, but going back to the personnel changes, I feel as though they will help to an extent, but they're not going to solve all the problems in the world. So it, it's really going to depend on how our players perform and where do we go from here. So when looking at the personnel changes, yes, I love them. I loved every single move that the New Jersey Devils made, whether it was bring back uh, 
Sergey Breland or uh, getting Andrew Burnett. I feel as though that the New Jersey Devils are definitely going to put themselves in a better position to see more success. And I'm glad that we don't have to get another head coach. But if I'm Lindy Ruff, yes, your job is safe for now. But remember, come midseason, if the New Jersey Devils aren't performing up to par, the excuses are not going to be as high as they were this past year, which leads into the third and final question. And this is probably the biggest one. What happens if the team fails to meet expectations again? I, You know what? I didn't even think that far ahead because hypothetically speaking, and, and by default, the New Jersey Devils have improved. But the overall mindset is like, what if they fail again? Like, what if... What, what if like Jesper Brad, Nico Keisher, or Jack Hughes, what if one of those guys suffers a major injury and that's a huge blow? Because we saw what happened when Jack Hughes went down second game of the year. The New Jersey Devils were pretty much irrelevant the next few weeks. And then when Jack Hughes comes back, he just lights a spark under them. And they were able to go on a win streak because prior to Jack Hughes coming back they, and prior to the Christmas break, I think the Devils were on like a six-game losing streak. And then once uh, the Devils were just being hit left and right with injuries. So going back to the first question for all about the jersey.com, obviously one of the biggest blows to the team was losing Doug Hamilton for nearly two months due to that facial fracture. And it was just basically we had to bump up Damon Severson to the top defenseman position, which really helped hurt with our overall depth. So it, it does, you know, make things intriguing, which is like what's going to happen if the New Jersey Devils don't meet expectations but at the same time, what are the excuses going to be? Because the excuses this past year was injury and COVID. And basically, Lenny Ruff had to work with what he got. But let's just say there's no injury. There's no COVID, like there's no strict COVID restrictions. What's going to happen if the New Jersey Devils don't meet those expectations? I really don't know. It just depends on the circumstances because, you know, a coach isn't just fired just to be fired. Usually something led up and usually something happened. So I would need to get be given more circumstances. So like come midseason, if the New Jersey Devils are struggling, are they a fringe playoff team? Like are they hovering and they're just on a bad stretch? Or has it been consistently bad to the point where we need a new voice in the locker room? Because I don't think Lindy Ruff would still be in the position he is now if the young guys didn't talk good about him during their exit meeting interviews. So that's my overall mindset, which is like, I need to know the circumstances. I need to know the background. I need to know like, um, you know, what's going to happen. What's going to happen if the New Jersey Devils are maybe just on the outside looking in, if they're way down in the standings, but that's for mid season come the end of the season. And we're absolutely terrible. Once again, unfortunately, the simple answer is back to the drawing board. We're just going to have to go back into the draft lottery we're going to, well, our luck is running out in terms of getting high level prospects, but the excuses are not going to be there this year. I'm not ex- anticipating the New Jersey Devils to, you know, you know, make a deep playoff run. I'm not trying to put unrealistic expectations on them, but I feel as though that they definitely have potential to maybe be a sneaky team, like a dark horse team, a team that competes for a wild card position. So, that's where I stand with uh, failing to meet expectations because I just feel I, I just uh, believe that if they fail to meet expectations and it's midseason, coaching change, no ands, ifs, or buts about it. Andrew Burnett will be the next head coach, but then come the end of the season, just back to the drawing board, and we're going to have to and we're just going to have to just see what's going to happen during the draft. We're going to have to see what happens during free agency. 
but Devils fans are used to it. We're we're that that's just the fact of the matter. Like I wish I could give you a guy guys a more detailed answer, but realistically, that is the answer, which is we're just gonna have to go back to the drawing board and we're gonna have to see what went wrong, what's gonna work, what's not gonna work, who are we gonna trade away, who are we gonna re-sign, who are we gonna build our team around. But I think the main priority going into the next offseason is definitely hammering out a contract extension. With Jesper Bratt, no ands, ifs, or buts about that. We cannot make Jesper Bratt a rental player. And basically, he leaves in free agency for nothing. I think he wants to remain with the Devils organization. And I get he's a restricted free agent. But still, I've seen things like this get a little murky. And I don't want the same to happen for Jesper Bratt. So those are my uh, answers to allaboutthejersey.com. So leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. What do you, what do you think about the New Jersey Devils going into this season? So can the devil stay healthy? Did the personnel changes make you satisfied and will it pay off? And what happens if the New Jersey Devils fail to meet expectations? Like I said, I wish I could give you guys a more detailed answer about failing to meet expectations, but it's just a simple fact of the matter, which is just back to square one and see what's going to work and what's not going to work. So hope you guys enjoyed this special Sunday episode and I will catch you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening. Once again, continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils and hit me up on my personal Twitter page at TreyMatt4 or the show's Twitter page at LockedOnDevils. I'll see you guys in a couple days.